these beautiful twins are very connected to a deadly presence. Freddy's there every time I close my eyes. I don't see him because I don't believe in him. But she's beginning to see the fright. It's my dream and he got you. So they trade places only to find twice the terror. Lisa. <laughs> on the next Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's... Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford, and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. For this week's TV episode, we are returning to Springwood for another episode of Freddy's Nightmares. This time around, it is Sister's Keeper. If you want to watch along, feel free to find the Chiller Rip. It's available on YouTube. And before we get into the episode, I need to get the plugs out of the way. As always, please don't forget to check out my books on Amazon by going to Amazon.com or the Amazon app, typing in Brandon Ford. You'll find my titles in both paperback and Kindle editions, as well as my Amazon author page. If you prefer audiobooks, you can find my titles in audiobook format on Audible by going to Audible.com or opening the Audible app, typing in Brandon Ford, and you'll find several of my titles there. If you don't already, please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford, on Twitter at Brandon Ford. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, criticisms, recommendations, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Lastly, please don't forget to rate and review, and of course, subscribe if you don't already, but rating is very, very important, gets the podcast more exposure with those algorithms and see who's it's what nots, just rate, please, it only takes a second, hit the drop down, select Ah, rating. Not necessarily a five-star rating, but, you know, five is good. Five's better than one. You know, that's all I'm going to say. All right, and when I last uh, recorded an episode, I had a little bit of trouble. Let's hope I don't have the same trouble. The trouble was the program I was recording a commentary for did not start when I wanted it to. Alright, let's test the waters. Here we go. I hope you're ready. Because we're going to begin in 3, 2, 1, play. Okay. So yeah, this is Sister's Keeper and it is a sequel slash continuation of the pilot episode no more mr nice guy and we are back with the twins lisa and Merritt, uh played by the same actor actresses I was i was listening to an elm street podcast because i always i it's it's difficult for me to find a full plot summary for a lot of these episodes so oftentimes I just listen to a podcast because generally all people do when they do reviews especially for horror movies is they just give the whole synopsis which is kind of boring but it helps me because I can't see the screen and a lot of the time I can't follow and this was not a memorable show as everybody knows well everybody who's seen it and I think I've seen the whole series I must have at one point do I remember them all no I could give you tiny teeny tiny little plot points but yeah so I I, uh, I generally go if I'm not uber mega familiar with something I will go to a podcast or a YouTube review to hear what they have to say. And yeah, generally they have like a notebook with the whole plot written down, which they recite and then give little 
bits of information uh, or opinions on it. I don't know why so many people do that. Um, but anyway, that's that seems to be the formula. But for this particular episode, the review that I found said that the actresses playing the twins switched roles. Meaning the actress who played Lisa played Merritt and the actress who played Merritt played Lisa. I call shenanigans on that because... While they are identical twins, they both have very distinctive voices, especially the actress who plays Lisa. She has a very, very distinctive voice. Um, Merritt, you know, just sounds like your average run-of-the-mill teenage girl, but there's, there's something in, in Lisa's voice that makes her identifiable to me, so... And I remember her being the one who did, who did most of the talking in No More Mr. Nice Guy. Speaking of whom, there she is. This this whole this whole opening sequence, I think, is kind of pointless. Because it got, it's too long, and you make your they made the point in this opening sequence, and that point is that Freddy is this is one of the few episodes that involves Freddy, by the way, and the point that, that they're making the premise of the show or premise of this episode is that Freddy is entering both their dreams, however. He, it, it appears he's, he's entering Merritt's, uh, I think this is a dream right here, too. Here. Wait a minute. I want Lisa. There. That's Lisa. Her voice is distinctive, and I think it's because she's a little, she's a little nasal. I think that's what makes her, that's what separates her, her from, uh, from her sister. But, yeah, the general premise of this episode is that when Freddy is in Lisa's dream and he attacks or is able to hurt or whatever, um, whatever he does to Lisa happens to Merritt and vice versa. I just made it sound so much more confusing than it is. It's very, very simple. Um, yeah, there you go. It was, it's my dream and he got you. So, this is also, in addition to being one of the only episodes that involves Freddy, I think there, I think in total, I could be wrong because I don't proclaim to be or to have encyclopedic knowledge of the show. There's one person who does, and I haven't spoken to him in years. I wish I did still talk to him. So I could just, you know, text him or whatever and be like, hey, uh, what's the synopsis or premise for this one? Oh, I could get him to do commentaries with me. Uh, oh, well. I haven't spoken in like 15 years. Why am I talking about this person? Um, so, anyway, um, what was, what was I saying? Yeah, I, I think, I could be wrong, but I think Freddy's only involved in the actual plot of four of the 44 episodes in the entire run of the series that seems a little low so i'm probably wrong but that's what i remember reading at one point but in addition to this involving this episode involving Freddy. This episode is also. What else is new? It also, um. 
doesn't, or at least when I revisited it yesterday, um, it doesn't seem to have two separate halves in that the first half tells one story and the second half tells another story. It seems like the whole episode is focused on, well, the focus, the whole focus is on the twins and their uh, battles with Freddy and trying to come to terms with he is back and is after them now and trying to figure out how to beat him um, by going through different different methods uh, and, I, uh, and they uh, like hypnosis and things and they figure out that they can um, both be inside the same dream at the same time so this episode and plus you have the the high school scenes you have you have the hypnosis element like i said you have um freddy's uh attack, in dream attacks um uh, coming uh, ble bleeding so to speak uh, into the real world. There's a lot of echoes of the films in this episode, which can't be said for a lot of episodes of the series. This, the, this whole show pretty much went off on its own wacky road. And this one, I mean, obviously the and I promised myself that I was going to stop using the word obviously, but this one, while it didn't have the budgets that the films had and the talent behind it, it, it was almost like it could have been, if it was done a little better, it was, it's almost like it could have been an installment in the in the series of films if it was fleshed out and, and you know doctored a bit I'm not saying it would be a perfect sequel it would probably be the worst one in all actuality but this is so stupid. This is such a cliche where you have a character in a movie or a show who can't play guitar and they try to fake it and all they do is just pluck the strings and sing. That's a secret. If you can't play guitar and you want to like people to believe that you can, you just pluck the strings and you sing over the sound of the music. Just ask Pamela Springsteen in Sleepaway Camp 2. But this guy, I think, was trying to really fucking... It was, it was supposed to be part of the humor that he, his guitar playing was so bad. And it was hilarious, let me tell you. music reminds me of something it has like the same melody of like an 80s oh you know what it reminds me of and I was thinking this when I was um, when I was uh, listening to the episode yesterday I can't remember I'm not uh, I'm not a metalhead uh, you know and I know this is gonna be something that is like so fucking remedial for a lot of music fanatics but it reminds me of that song dun, 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 a little bit it's not the exact same melody or riff or whatever the fuck you want to call it um but it kind of sounds like it a little bit and by that and by what i'm talking about is the fucking the underlying music that you hear in particular at the when it first starts 
I can't imagine. That must be so weird to be acting with a sibling, especially a twin, somebody who you, who you know so well, who knows you so well, and to be pretending to be different people. That's like a mind fuck right there. I think, well, neither of the girls are all that great. I think the one who plays Lisa is a little, it's a little better. But you don't go to Freddy's Nightmares for award caliber performances. No, you don't. One review that I was reading or that I was listening to rather, referred what they do is comparable to, you know, the Parent Trap or the Patty Duke show where they switch places with each other. And while it is a very uh, oft-used premise when you have characters who are twins, um... I guess I can see why they did it because, you know, Merritt is not really having an easy go because of her emotional instability. I'm, it seems like I'm forever talking about the emotional instability of the characters in the movies or TV shows or whatever that I'm doing commentaries for for some strange reason. Emotional instability often plays a role in something but Merritt was apparently what this part with Freddie playing the guitar is like like a famous gif I've never I've never seen it but um, yeah and yeah after after there's supposed to be some time in between the original episode and this one and in that time because at least yeah Merritt Merritt was mute I think yeah oh I don't know if I if I passed it already but he there's or maybe it's not even this episode but the, because I'm, uh, I'm planning on doing two episodes back to back tonight, and and I saw so I was studying one and the other, uh, but there's one episode where he does a really really weird, unfriday-esque laugh, and but yeah, as I was saying, um, Merritt was kind of. She was mute. She was mute in the in the No More Mr. Nice Guy episode, and the only time that she really spoke was like to sing the one two Freddie's Coming for You song to her father, I think. And I remember Lisa saying that the only time that she really spoke was in her dreams. She talked in her sleep. And about Freddy but she has since undergone psychiatric counseling has spent six months in a hospital and now that she's back to begin a quote-unquote or carry on with a quote-unquote normal life um, these kids are not giving her they're not making it easy on her. There's no way. I mean, even if I didn't know them that well, these girls, 
I would know. I mean, they're uh, twins may be identical. You do. I'm Lisa. I'm so very popular. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the fuck that was. Since when is Lisa fucking French? And that was a really bad French accent, too. Um, so yeah, she's trying on her sister's stuff and trying to be like Lisa. It's interesting, though, how you can have twins who look exactly alike and have one be wildly unpopular and the other be like the most popular girl in school. I love how he just like was like I'm gonna I, I skip some classes to come see how you are. It's like he took a fucking lunch break or some shit. Oh, that was a little suggestive. So the girls who play the twins, they didn't really go on to do much else, I don't think. I don't know where they are. No. Oh. Is it me or what? What do you mean? You're not really into this, are you? No. It's not that. It's just a boy's never, I mean, I never. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't know. I forgot. I thought he did know for a second. Cool. What? This is like one of those wild letters in those magazines. How I made it with twins and didn't know it. This is great. Uh, you're a fucking scumbag. Did you guys plan this or what? I think this is the same house too, or at least that's what one of the How reviews How could you? I try to help you said. I wonder if they shot this back to back with no more Mr. Nice Guy. Might would have it might have been even been planned to be the second episode. I think that would have made more sense. I think that would it would have made more sense for the because there's a like what is there three or four episodes that have sequels but interior loft and interior loft later are the only ones that aired back to back there's one i um um what is it if i can um, 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 um hold on shit the one with the talk show that was um, that that was a sequel that I think the one with Charlie Nichols and shit. Fuck, what was that called? Uh, that's gonna bug me. But that one was a sequel to an episode from a previous season, and I think they did that too with a couple of episodes from season two. Um, yeah, season two was, was, were, there's, there were a few episodes in season two that were sequels to the two episodes from the first season. When he did that, 
that part right there when he said gone it just reminded me so much of the scene in slumber party massacre 2 which i'm sure nobody's gonna know what the fuck i'm talking about but when but when um courtney is making out with matt and she goes matt i've never and then he transitions into the dr driller killer and goes gone all the way and uh yeah, the way he said Freddy said gone, it just reminded me of that. Both times that I watched it. This kind of reminds me of the Freddy's Tricks and Treats. Freddy's Tricks and Treats episode. A little bit. I think that this is that song, only it's slowed down. I don't know. I think that the twins, because they they were part of the the pilot episode, and they they are of the lin the same lineage. Um, they're in the lineage of the. Of the guy who killed Freddy, at least in the TV show, not in the movie, movies. But um, they should have, you know, been like they should have popped up here and there. At least been in a few, uh, three or four episodes. But unfortunately, one dies at the end of this one. Oh. There's, um, like I was saying that, um, there are for sure some, some echoes of elements from the previous, from the, from the movies. In particular, they, there was one that, um, one, uh, review that I was listening to that sh sort of share the same sentiment I did, which is that the twins are, they kind of slip into Nancy's shoes in that they try to figure out a way to band together and kill Freddy in, in, in a dream. And they set the alarm clock only in this one, they're a little more realistic in that they set the alarm for fucking, um, for an hour, but in Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, she sets the alarm for 10 minutes. I just think that always cracks me up, and it, it I'm sure I spoke about it on my commentary for the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, but it all it just befuddles me. I know Nancy was was studying that booby traps and anti wait booby traps and improvised anti personnel devices book, but the fact that she was able to set all those traps in ten minutes, because remember she called she called her father and said break the door down in exactly 20 minutes that means she had 10 minutes to set up all those traps all around the house and then 10 minutes to sleep i have a lot 
I have uh, an easier time believing that uh, Kevin McAllister was able to set up all those traps in Home Alone than I do with A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just too unrealistic. She's able to, to do too much too fast. The adults are always so stupid in these no in the in the shows too, but in the movies as well. It seems a lot like when the adult if there are teenagers in the main portion of the episode the adults always freak out in the dreams oh Thinking such awful things about your sister, you bitch. No one will believe us. They'll put us away. We're not going to tell anyone. We're going to do this ourselves. We're sharing each other's nightmares. If he gets you, I feel it. And if he gets me, you feel it. Oh my god, Lisa is so bad. I'm guessing that's why they chose her to be the mute one in the pilot episode. And her voice is not just a little different than Merritt. It's dramatically different. It's been four days. I can't take it anymore. How could you fucking walk around awake for four days? That's another thing that um, I called shenanigans on in my commentary for for uh the first movie because she was up for seven days if you were awake for seven days you your body would be asleep it, but your body would just shut down without your permission and if you did manage to wake up you would be hallucinating you would be so out of your mind if you went seven days without sleep but I think that that is the whole you can see that sometimes the best way to prove an identity is to work with both sides of the equation independently trying to find that is the whole fucking premise behind the 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 original idea for a nightmare I'm sure it was Freddy will kill you in your dreams and so the only way to stay away from him, it, to avoid him, is to stay awake. But you have to go to sleep sometime. But then you have people who are staying awake for days at a time. And that's just not possible. I'm sure I probably talked about this on my Nightmare on Elm Street commentary. But this episode is dragging a little bit, so I'm kind of grasping at things to talk about. But when I was growing up, 
Um, when I was a teenager, really, um, I just had this weird obsession with being able to stay up all night and not just stay up all night, but to just go through the next day and have be on no sleep whatsoever. And it was like something like a feat of strength, I guess. It was like something that I wanted to be able to do an accomplishment and then when I finally did it I was like okay now what but then it would be something I would do um uh, oh that would be something that I, not I wouldn't say regularly but it was something that I would do once in a great while just as a uh a challenge, I guess. Although the reward really wasn't worth it because I felt like shit the next day and I went to fucking punch everybody in the face. See, that is why I, um, I don't, I find it hard to believe that anybody could do this, especially for seven days. They're on four, but when I remember the days after when I didn't sleep and I would just you know, go through that whole second day without sleeping, I would be so agitated. Everybody would get on my nerves. I would be picking fights with people. I would be having screaming matches with my family. I was not... I was not very pleasant to be around. But then, when you see Nancy in the first one, and she's, <laughs> she's, well, first of all, that's another thing too. You you won't you can't even think straight, and she's like putting all these booby traps together. Wouldn't it be? I think it would be funny if she put them together half ass and they like <laughs> they didn't work. <laughs> I'm just picturing the fucking the sledgehammer. Like not coming down when he opens the door and him looking up at it like, hmm, nice try. But she was able to do everything perfectly. Seven days with no sleep. I'm scared. So am I. Mm. This is like 1988. Who the hell had one of those old-timey alarm clocks, wind-up alarm clocks in 1988? That's like shit from the 50s. So that star wipe sound, I guess, is supposed to mean that we're in the dream now. So 80s. I kind of miss the the um the whole uh, plot being split up because just staying for wait. Wait, just staying focused on the same characters for the full episode. The writing wasn't strong enough. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention this was a Ken Wiederhorn episode. 
he directed he directed seven Freddy's Night he directed seven Freddy's Nightmares in addition to Eyes of a Stranger one of my favorite slasher movies of all time and Shockwaves a movie that is a a cult favorite but I've never seen a lot of people like that movie Oh, there's that fucking ticking. Oh, Jesus. Symbiosis. The living together of two nervous systems in close association. I will now demonstrate the symbiotic relationship of twins by introducing a post-hypnotic suggestion to Lisa and Meredith. As you know, they have agreed to be hypnotized at the beginning of this class. I don't know. I call shenanigans on yes. hypnosis. I can say that I um I don't want to say who it was but somebody did hypno try to hypnotize me and I know that it was somebody who knew what they were doing or knew how it worked and it didn't work I just remember being in a very relaxed kind of meditative state but I wasn't I wasn't like out of it or anything because everybody who's hypnotized I've I've heard though that when you're in that meditative state that is a part of hypnosis you're just not fully under or some shit like that I don't know but from Everything that I think everybody knows about hypnosis, you don't remember anything that happens while you're under. And supposedly, I think that the dumber you are, the more highly susceptible you are to being hypno hypnotized. That's supposed, that's supposed to be a thing. I would just love to go to, like, a fucking, a show with, with a, a hypnotist who plucks somebody up from the audience and does a trick or whatever and, like, makes them bark like a dog or whatever the fuck dumbass shit that they do. And I just want somebody, because you know, even if they aren't hypnotized, and I don't think that they are, but even if they aren't hypnotized, that they're just going along for the sake of the show and to give everybody some entertainment. I just want somebody to be like, no, it's not working. I'm going to count backwards from three. And when I get to one, you're going to be asleep. Three, two, one. No, I'm not sleeping. See, I'm wide awake and talking to you. That's what I want. I want that to happen. We have to be in sync. We have to wish them away at the same time. Okay? They think they could just wish him away. See, there's an there's there they it's like they picked and plucked so many different elements from in particular from the first one. Cause now they're trying to be all uh, Nancy in the first one with the whole you're nothing and turning their back on him and they're gonna find out that it didn't work doesn't work a basement oh uh, the door. Daddy, burn him in a boiler. 
I thought she was going to say, you bitch. <laughs> I was having an alien splashback. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, this whole episode is streamlined. It's there's it's just one story. It's not broken up at all. Unless you count the whole, you know, trading places type thing in the beginning, but I just can I think that is more progression of the story itself. I don't think that was meant to be a different half. Okay, and it's a back to the sanitarium you go, bitch. I noticed, though, that that first half had that... Dun, 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 dun. Okay, well that was Freddy's Nightmares, Sister's Keeper. Thanks very much for staying with me into the bitter, bitter end. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams. Hero